Anatomy of Addiction. I'm Marilyn Spiller. Have you ever wondered what happens when a person calls an addiction, eating disorder, or mental health facility to get help? No doubt, it's a daunting thought. Today, we demystify that call and the admissions process with my special guests, Sanford Behavioral Health's Managing Director, Alec Green, and Chief Operating Officer, Katie Vokes. We will define the continuum of care, we'll tackle insurance jargon, and we'll take what could have been a dry subject and inject it with Alec and Katie's enthusiasm. Have a little fun along the way. Anatomy of Addiction is sponsored by Sanford Behavioral Health. For referrals or information about our programs, call 844-776-9651. And without further ado, here's the show. Okay. Hi, Alec and Katie. Hello. Thanks for having us. On the Sanford website, it says, one of the most daunting parts of entering treatment can be understanding financing coverage, which I agree with. But I'd also add that one of the most daunting and scary aspects is knowing what to expect. So I'm really glad you guys are here to talk about this. Let's start with the basics. Could you walk us through what happens when a person who needs treatment or their family member picks up the phone and calls Sanford Behavioral Health seeking help, what should they have at the ready? What are they going to what, what are they going to get when they when they call in? The initial phone call is going to uh, start with just some you know basic information about um, you know are you calling for yourself? Are you calling for a loved one? Um, and our admissions team will ask some questions about. Um, the different substances that someone might be struggling with. Um, you know, we do treat eating disorders and co-occurring mental health disorders. So, um, you know, that may come up in these questions, um, kind of getting some information about how long the person has been struggling, um, kind of to help us determine where they might fit within our programming. It's important to have um, some of that basic information, but then also at some point in the conversation, it, it would be good to have insurance information uh, to kind of talk through how, um, you know, payment would be uh, done for. For the individual. So I think with that, it's it's a it's all dependent on the different individual coming and, and calling that line. So so with that being said, there's there's a lot of different pieces that go into it. And there's a lot of different questions. And, and our goal is to demystify the, the treatment and be able to walk them through resources like our website that show the, the different houses and the different programming that we, we participate in. And so I think with that being said, the, the way that we do that is by uh, overloading them in some cases with a lot of information in a good way in order for uh, them to understand the process. But also, as Katie said, the the important thing is we're going to ask a lot of questions initially and be prepared for those questions because we want to know where you'll best fit on our continuum of care, because our goal is to put you in the least restrictive level of care possible 
um, that's going to help you the most. And so, uh, you know, if an individual calls and has their heart set on residential, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're in need of that level of care. And so there's also some different education pieces that we start with on the first phone call. So I think there's a lot of different aspects to it and it's overwhelming and we understand that. And so what we try to do is give you the roadmap so then we can start working with you on the best way and the best level of care to get you into. And that starts with getting insurance information, learning more about you, but also giving you an overview of what you can expect with us. What a great answer, you guys. Uh, let me ask you this. You talked about the continuum of care. Why don't we just go back to the beginning and uh, you mentioned residential, but what are the treatment options? What else is on that continuum of care that you mentioned? Yeah, and what I'll say is is to, to start out is we're excited to have the full continuum of care next month when we open up our standalone detox facility. So we're super excited about that because it's going to give us another tool for our toolbox uh, to, to be able to put our clients into that detox level of care uh, and then be able to continue through that into the residential uh, partial hospitalization, which is, is day treatment, about five to six hours a day, six to seven days a week. Uh, and then intensive outpatient, uh, which is uh, three hours, three to five days a week. Uh, and in congruence with that, we have medical intervention and, uh, and utilize uh, medication-assisted treatment in all of those different levels of care. And so, so with that, the continuum is, is so important for us to have, and that's what we're so excited about with detox, is we'll have every level of the American Society of Addiction Medicine criteria, the ASAM criteria, as we call it. And so uh, we will be able to put that person in any of the different necessary levels of care for substance use disorder, but as well as we look to our programming in the future and look to why we're rebranding ourselves as, as Sanford Behavioral Health, is that we will be adding on uh, other services outside of substance use disorder. And we have already with eating disorder uh, with our intensive outpatient and OP program. And so there, there's a lot of different treatment modalities that come along with the Sanford Behavioral Health brand. Uh, we're excited in the coming months to grow upon that. You know, what's our definition of detoxification and are there different levels uh, there as well. Yep. So our our subacute detox uh, level of care that we're that we'll be providing next month. Um, it's uh, our this level of care is heavily medically monitored. So you know we've got twenty four seven nursing on site, but then also daily visits with a provider. We have a psychiatrist that oversees all of the um, medical services that are provided. And essentially when an individual comes into detox, you know, it's, it's that period of time when someone's going through their withdrawal symptoms um, where you, there's a lot of different uh, uh, symptoms that come up with that. And our goal is to get somebody through that safely with uh, support from our clinical and medical team. So different medications are used during this time. Um, individuals that are in our detox, uh, they may stay with that, stay with us anywhere from maybe two to five, six days. It's, it's a pretty short stay. 
Um, hopefully, and our goal is to keep those individuals comfortable during that time. And then also start the beginning of their um, kind of journey into, into recovery, into treatment. So uh, they also will have support from my clinical team, like I had mentioned. So they'll get visits daily with um, our uh, therapist, clinical therapist, as well as case managers. And just to kind of add on to what Alec had said earlier about our continuum of care, what's really exciting for us and, and important as well is we're finding that the most effective way to provide treatment is if you can kind of do what we call like a one-stop shop, right? So someone can come to us for detox and there's no transition to other uh, organizations or other facilities. Um, it's all within the Stanford program. It's all within our, our one organization. So we're able to communicate between care teams much more effectively. Um, you know, clients, when they come in, they're familiar with Stanford throughout the whole process. And it's just a much more comfortable and more effective way to be able to provide treatment. What does for example, verification of benefits mean? How does in-network versus out-of-network work? Um, kind of just give us a, a 101 on insurance and what to expect if you do have private insurance when you, when you call in. So I think the, the verification of benefits is really gives us our, our clinical roadmap uh, for the way that we can treat that individual. So uh, when, when somebody calls in, we're going to collect their, their insurance information. We have 14 in-network insurance contracts. There's only one uh, insurance company in the state of Michigan that we are not in-network with. Definitely, I think this is an important part of the process. And, and plan design for different insurers is different. And it, it, it depends on the insurance and it depends on the the plan that at that individual either bought off the marketplace or or is uh, provided by their their employer and so with that we we look at every uh, individual similarly as we do with our therapeutic treatment we look at every individual's insurance policy differently and work with them on that policy and so with that verification of benefits, is the way to look at the benefits that your insurance company is going to pay for once you have met your deductible or and, and your copay. And so your deductible is your out-of-pocket cost for your insurance to then start paying the rest of the, the cost of the healthcare provided. So it's your portion of the, the insurance cost for your services. Okay. And so with that, what we do in the process of the admission is calculate what we believe your deductible based on your treatment stay will be. So then we can work with you on that payment. And everybody's deductible is different. Some are lower and some are higher. And we work with each individual insurer to make sure that we're uh, collecting the correct amount. And we work with individuals on those different collection pieces. And so what does that mean? Um, some, uh, some insurances are uh, in network and some are out of network. Fortunate for our clients, we have uh, 14 in network contracts. And I think that there is a, a roadmap for our clients. Uh, and the roadmap starts with in network insurance coverage because it costs them less. Mm -hmm. 
And so that's our goal and why we have gotten those in-network uh, contracts is so then we can work with the client and have a collaborative relationship with their payer on these different pieces. And so it, it reduces the cost to the client by going in network because you have less of an, uh, a deductible amount in most cases. And so that's our goal is in, in the world of, of behavioral health and substance use disorder specifically, there has been a big push previously to use out-of-network benefits. And about uh, three years ago, Sanford made the decision that out-of-network and the way that that's done in behavioral health does not necessarily help the client because we want to reduce the cost to the client in order for them to successfully get into the treatment continuum and start working through that. And so we want to reduce the barriers to get into treatment, but also a lot of times when people are going out of network, they're going out of state for behavioral health services. And that was what Sanford was started off of is we can do it in Michigan and we can do it really, really well. And so that is why uh, we made that push to the in-network uh, and, and why we want to provide that for our clients is because we want to treat people in our state. And by treating people in our state, they'll be able to have their families involved in the treatment. And that in, in turn makes really, really great treatment. Pick up the phone, call 616-288-6970. There's going to be a really nice admissions individual on the other end of the phone. And we're going to work with you and start our journey. And that starts with learning about you, learning about your insurance or other payment options and how we can fit you into our continuum of care that next month will have the full continuum. So we're excited and we want to be there for you to demystify addiction treatment and behavioral health treatment as a whole. You guys both talk about collaboration and individualization. So let me just ask you this question. I think people still think in terms of particularly addiction treatment as being 28 days in a residential treatment center, and then they just leave and wave goodbye and treatment is over. Based on everything I've been reading the last few years, a period of time, a year or more of formal treatment on some level really ups your chances of long-term recovery. So can you talk a little bit about that? Is, is a 30-day stay expectation kind of old-fashioned? To, to answer the last part of the question, it is old-fashioned. And I'm going to let Katie talk about the, the, the year-long continuum and, and the program that, that she uh, built out in the outpatient sphere uh, based off of different things happening in, in the uh, in the recovery community. But the 28-day model is one that we need to, to throw right out the door. So the 28-day model, it is based on medical necessity, not a length of stay, not a particular length of stay. And it goes both ways. So you, you can't limit treatment based on a length of stay and financial limitations. You really need to look at the medical necessity that in some cases varies from insurer to insurer. And we work with all of our different payers to make sure we're following their medical necessity criteria and really look at what that individual person needs based on the six dimensions of the ACE 
SAM criteria. And, and that's the way that we can successfully treat that individual. Our goal is to put that individual in the least restrictive level of care possible. And so if they're in residential for 12 days and we see the stage of change that they're in and they can step into partial hospitalization successfully and go home to a safe home environment, then we're going to do that. It's about each individual person, not a one-size-fits-all model that has previously been the case in addiction treatment that we need to get rid of in order to be taken seriously as a healthcare provider that we are. Katie, with this ongoing um, continuum care and the new word outpatient facility, what's the best way of managing a individual through this continuum of care? Just like you had mentioned earlier, Marilyn, and like what Alec was touching on is it's individualized. So what we're really excited and really proud of is our outpatient programming that doesn't necessarily have an end date to it. So we have individuals in our outpatient program currently who have been with us for a year or more and their frequency of visits, it shifts based on what their needs are. So after somebody completes, you know, maybe the intensive outpatient programming, then um, they're stepping down into our outpatient programming, which may be anywhere from one to four outpatient groups per month. Those different groups include things like uh, recovery processing, mindfulness meditation, early recovery, relapse prevention. Um, and it's it's another tool in their toolbox to kind of continue to get the support in their in their first uh, year of recovery, which is such a crucial time. It also includes uh, medical services if that's appropriate for the individual so they can continue to see our medical providers, our psychiatrists, our um, nurse practitioner, our physician assistants. Um, to kind of, if they're on medication-assisted treatment, they can continue that treatment. Um, if they're being seen to kind of monitor different psychotropic medications, they can continue that. And then they also get the individual therapy treatment as well throughout that time. So like I said, there's no end date to it. And we've seen a lot of success in that program. And it really is another way to extend a length of stay for somebody beyond the traditional residential time. And I think, you know, the the piece of this is, is this was a program that was designed based off of client need, but also looking at other types of programming that's happening around us. And one of, uh, one of the things is the CLIMB program that Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, designed and worked on with Henry Ford and Pine Rest. And we really looked at that model of utilizing medication-assisted treatment and OP therapy and built upon it. And that's really where our Sanford OP model comes from and allows for, for us to keep that person in this, this continuum that is less restrictive, but keeps a uh, dipstick check on that client. Right. It's also a safety net in some ways. So if somebody is six months into this outpatient program, maybe they were already with us in residential, they were with us in partial, they were with us in IOP. Now they're six months into outpatient therapy and they're starting to struggle. So major life change happens. Um, it could be anything, right? And they're really needing more than just this outpatient level of care. They're already in our system. They already have a therapist that's keeping in close you know, contact with them. They're already familiar with our outpatient coordinator. That's such an easy transition to move somebody back into an intensive outpatient programming. Maybe it's someone that had a major slip or a major relapse and they need to move all the way up to residential. It's so much easier with them already being in our programming 
to make that transition for them. And also individuals are more willing to do that because they're comfortable with Stanford. Talk to me about telehealth and and virtual options for for someone who might be uh, in a Sanford uh, program for residential and then moving back to their home somewhere else, but still wanting to be part of the continuum. Yeah. So I'll start with this. I'll say that we're really excited that we brought (laughs) back most of our outpatient programming in person. Um, So that has been a goal for us, obviously, in the last year and a half with COVID was always to get back in person. But we have also found since COVID that there is a place in behavioral health treatment for telehealth. So we do have individuals that come from out of state or come from other parts of the state for our residential programming and can continue to stay within the Sanford organization, the Sanford programming and get telehealth uh, visits. So those can, that can possibly be our um, telehealth IOP track that we offer. It could be um, telehealth visits with our psychiatrist, which is really um, a huge asset that we have. Um, It's very difficult right now. There's just a huge shortage of psychiatric services across this country and specifically in Michigan. So we're really um, also proud to be able to offer that as well. So lots of different options for somebody who might not live directly in the area. And I think that intervention of technology within the behavioral health space has been one that is is great. It is um, a way that our providers, uh, specifically our psychiatrists, can see more individuals. And with that, though, I will say that it in-person treatment based on different data that we're looking at is more effective. And so, so with that being said, we like people in person, but we believe that the, uh, the toolbox we keep referencing, that, that technology is a huge aspect of that, and um, especially with our psychiatric intervention. Right. And, and telehealth may not be the best fit for everyone. So if we do have an individual that's with us for residential and is going back home, maybe telehealth isn't the best option. And our, our therapist, our clinical team, our medical team, they're going to do whatever they can. And they're going to help them, this client set up aftercare services that are in person, maybe not with Stanford, but we're going to make sure that we're going to get that person, whatever they need. Do you have partners that you work with to, to make that uh, change seamless? Absolutely. Yeah, we have a great um, group of uh, preferred providers that we will refer to. But then also, if someone's with us for treatment and they're using their insurance, um, we're going to work with their insurance too to find aftercare that that uh, fits with that as well. Um, and just a side note too, our eating disorder programming is doing really um, interesting things with telehealth as well. So they're also bringing their programming, their IOP uh, services back in person, but they've They've also kind of kept this option for virtual open. And so, you know, it's just an additional way to expand services okay. all across the board. And and be individualized. Uh, you know, going back, it's it's not a one-size-fits-all model. Yeah, um, I'll be honest. I, you know, when, when we started this talk, I, I was thinking it might be a dry, but um, you, you guys, your excitement is is infectious. So I, I appreciate your, your zeal for the, for the subject. You know, and Marilyn, on, on that subject matter, our passion stems from the fact that we can work with our payers and, and be able to 
give that individual exactly what they need. So insurance can really help dictate the way that we do the treatment. And the more that we're collaborative and working together, the better outcomes we're going to have for our clients. So in, in a lot of cases, there is this adversarial banging of the heads uh, with insurance companies and providers. And that is not the way that Sanford looks at this. We look at our, our payers as our partners. And that's the and by doing that, that's going to have a better impact on our clients. Let's end there. That was beautiful. And um, I really, really appreciate your, your time. You guys have a great day. Thanks, you Marilyn. Well. We Thank really you. appreciate it. Bye.